0: This is Deep Natter, and in this episode, we're continuing to talk about living a creative life without allowing the algorithm to dictate what you see and more importantly, what you make. We also talk about the often repetitive nature of storytelling in cinema and cite a few exceptions. Here we go. If he wants to make his money back, you know what he should do? Yeah. He should do a course because apparently do a
1: masterclass that's <laughs> yes, right if you,
0: if you believe any of the advertising on the internet all you need to do is is do a course and you can make tens of thousands
1: of dollars a week in passive income I, I get these emails at least once a month I was like oh we see your YouTube channel but you're not you're not making any money off that you should really put this stuff behind a paywall yeah um, a, a, in course format and you will make millions and I'm like that's definitely not true. Not not only do I not want to do that. That's definitely not true. <laughs> who 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 is this person who I could reach? Just one person on your platform of thousands of people who've made courses. Just one of them. I want to talk to one of these multimillionaires, right? And say, hey, did Skillshare really <laughs> make you a millionaire? Because I, I know some people who've done it and it hasn't done anything for them. Really. Exactly. So who are all these people? Well, it's just marketing. This is I'm getting really tired of the marketing speak. I've just had a guy get hold of me. Um, seems a nice guy, um, who who takes existing YouTube channel videos and he cuts them down into 30-second things so you can repurpose them as shorts or Instagram reels or TikTok videos. And he could not get through his head that I wasn't motivated by numbers. Like he kept throwing marketing speak at me about why I'm leaving so much on the table and how I can, I mean, what, what did he, 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 here's a little bit of it. This feature is crucial for every content creator at this time. You have about how many videos repurposing your content will boost your content production for all your social media platforms, which will organically grow your audience as well. It's like, I know, you're, I know you think you're talking to every YouTuber, but we're not all the same. We're not all motivated by the same stuff. No. But and I imagine it, hearing
0: him, him hearing that. You know, it's like one of the hosts in Westworld.
1: He just zzz, 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 like, he well, just uh, doesn't understand. Yeah. Well, this is exactly what I sent back to him. I said, I can hear the marketing talk in what you're saying, but you also have to consider that people like me are very are very protective of the image we put out there and the feel of these shorter videos would have to completely match the tone of the larger videos I do for me to even consider it. No flashy text, no vibey music. I'm not a TikToker. And while short short form might be more digestible, boosting numbers is not ultimately my goal. And I won't sacrifice my tone of voice to create short, punchy videos so until i can see a way to do it tastefully i will be steering clear i hope that makes sense which he, if he's honest probably would have written back and go no that makes no sense at so, all so no no response as of yet no 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 I don't, I don't think i will it's because yeah they i think they just assume that's why everyone gets into social media is for for ad revenue money subscribers followers all that all that juicy stuff well, but it's, it's just, really it's not, not the latest for me game, it's like, isn't it
0: i mean it went from yeah. seo boosting we can we can you know get you on page 1 of google well no you can't first of all no you can't and and now it's you know repurposing and remonetizing you know everything that you like everything doesn't need to be monetized or in my case no. nothing needs to be monetized <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or nothing um,
1: yeah. but it, i i know people who who've also got channels who who've tried all these different things because they they wanted that stuff and then then they might have seen a tiny uptick, but it's never the massive amount of growth they expected. But they also get huge pushback because people can tell the minute you compromise what you're putting out into the world, and you're trying to play the game, and then you lose all your credibility. So, the, I think the best that happens is you lose almost all your credibility for tiny, tiny gains.
0: Yeah, and, In, and maybe there of are it, gains. You know, I mean, how many times have we brought up old TED versus
1: new TED? Yeah, but it's, I, it's I don't be believe for that. Him. Yeah, but I don't believe that Ted would be a much smaller channel if he if, if had stuck to his guns. Yeah. Because I'm looking at somebody like, we've talked about Tatiana Hopper, mm-hmm. um, who I just did a video with, uh, and her channel is what Ted used to do. Yeah. Uh, the good stuff of what Ted used to do, she's starting way later than Ted, so it's much more difficult to grow a channel than when Ted started, and yet her channel's growing really well, so... Is it really true that if Ted didn't switch that stuff up, he would, he would have a smaller channel or not, being, not, not make a living? I, I'm not sure that's true. I, th- I think it's the assumption. It's definitely the assumption he made. But I, I, I would challenge that and say, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I suppose that's a really heartbreaking thing to admit to yourself. Yeah. If you have turned your channel into something you don't want it to be because you assume it's give, giving you massive growth, when actually if you just stuck to your guns, it would have done pretty much the same.
0: Did know. you did you get a chance to talk to her? Because I know you just did a video. Did you talk about what her goals were or what her her roadmap looks like for that channel? And does she know if if you did?
1: Uh, yeah, we did talk about it a little bit. I, I mean, I know she's going to stick to what she's doing. Yeah. Like she's she. I think she's very kind of self contained, and she understands that she's filling a gap that people are really enjoying. But uh, she's a filmmaker by. Uh, her studies are in filmmaking, mm. um and so I think from the conversations we had, she might start to include some uh, some things on on interesting filmmakers as well. So she might broaden it out a bit, but she's definitely not going to take out the, the 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 part that makes her what she is or or the value that she adds. So that's good.
0: I I wonder how many makers, I mean, percentage wise, not actual numbers, but percentage wise, really think about. Their platform, whatever that platform is, whether we're talking about YouTube or or Instagram or, or whatever, I wonder how many think about the arc or the trajectory of what their time on that platform looks like. Or is it is it more about doing what's fashionable or doing what's on trend to try and get short-term gains or results? Because I know for me, I'm I know that what I've been doing or what I haven't been doing is probably closer to the truth. Doesn't really work very well, and
1: I know wait, that. Wait, a, but what what do you mean by that? Just to interrogate. What do you mean doesn't work very well? Is that commercially? Commercially, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, right. yeah. Um, it works. I
0: mean, the way I do things. I mean, I, you and I have talked about engagement and the the types of emails that each of us get, and and you know, both individually and collectively that's a, that's a better marker for me that what I'm doing is, is going in the right direction. But that also, you know, slams up against the commercial side of, you know, your time has value, your expertise has value, Mm -hmm. what you put out into the world has value. So how do you reconcile the two? How do you reconcile the, the existential return or satisfaction against the the monetary or commercial return or potential monetary or commercial return and and historically those are the things that I've I've really struggled with I don't I don't play the game the way it needs to be played in terms of you know what all the things that they tell you you got to be consistent you got to post multiple times a day if, you know if you are if you're following the Gary V method you've got to produce 12 pieces of content a day to multiple platforms and multiple times a day like ugh, it just sounds That's exhausting right. it sounds exhausting. exhausting and from a from a receiver sort of point of view, if, if I'm if I'm an audience member, and I am an audience member, and I and I react to the quality and the quantity of things that I get from people that I follow. And there's a I think there's a delicate balance of of how much is too much. And I'm always staying very much on the other side of, you know, on the on the cautious side of that, because I don't want to just bombard people with content and and man i wish we could come up with a different word than, than <laughs> content cuz it just feels so empty um but like with with regard to substack what i what my goal is with substack is to focus on that more than instagram and twitter moving forward in fact i think i need to take a break from instagram and twitter if if not completely then boy pretty dramatically for a little while and focus instead on Substack and, and twice a week is what I want to focus on with Substack. One long form, one short form. So that's great. an iteration and a blip. And the blips are mostly just links to things that I've mm-hmm. found interesting. And people like links, people like being uh, inspired, entertained, something that's thought provoking, something that it could be anything. Um, but I think twice, twice a week, one small, one larger, that's great. I know people are, are really into this everyday thing, and I know it's it's in certain circles, it's a big trend, but I would feel like I'm overwhelming and taking advantage of your invitation to your email box if I did that.
1: But I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, I certainly don't do an everyday anything. Like, I don't think it's a, I, I think that's a very particular subset of people on the internet who push that mm-hmm. frenetic has to be all the time every day. I don't think you have to play by those rules at all. I certainly don't. Mm. Were you ever I mean, tempted that, that, to? No, yeah. not even slightly. Because because before I started, I, I I looked around, and and honestly, the only person I saw who could push out something daily and it always be pretty good was Casey Neistat. Same, same. Like,
0: what he, did he he, do, but that's 900 because nine hundred days in a row yeah, of of new but videos. But that's because
1: he he's got an extraordinary talent. Yeah, that 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 is able to 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 film, edit, post in a single day. It almost destroyed his family by, by his own admission. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there's a massive cost that goes along with that, even if you are brilliant at it. But I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, that's, I, I was just never interested. Everybody else I saw who was trying to push out work really fast and really quickly and really regularly... I I saw either burnout or lose credibility because they stretched their work so thin to meet that ridiculous schedule that they just got a reputation for for everything was disposable and nothing meant anything. Everything became a a, a clickbaity title with no substance to the actual work. And everyone quickly moved on. It just doesn't, it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. So I I don't think you need to listen to, to that at all. I think it's, it's, I mean, like, like I said in, in my trailer, once a month is all I promise a video because I know I can do that, but I'm never promising more than that. And I've stuck to that for six years, but I'm, I'm never offering you more than that. So I offered you what I'm 100% sure I can give you and it will be fairly good quality, no excuses. No matter Even if I've got a full-time job because that's how I started. I did it on the side. I didn't do it as my commercial outlet. I did it because I want to communicate some things and that was a good way to do it even when I made no money from it. But that was always the goal. It wasn't, it wasn't commerciality first. It was, I want to say some stuff, and this seems to be a place I can try and say it. Right.
0: And it, it seems like lately, and, and maybe I'm way off base because I obviously don't have any concrete metrics around this, but it seems like the people that are m- making, I don't even know if they're making the most money, but they're, they're getting, they're, I see them the most, are the people that are telling you how to make money. Yeah. You know, the courses, the marketing, the, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. That's what I see more and more and more of. I don't see more and more great work. I don't see more and more inspiring work. I don't even see more and more interesting work. If anything, I see less of that because there are more ads.
1: Well, I mean I mean the ads is a separate issue that we can't really control. That's like out of our hands. But I I think what we can control is some of what the algorithm feeds us. Mm. I, I, you, you do have buttons on most platforms to say don't show me this anymore. Um, with, with drop downs next to videos, if you don't want to see that stuff, hit that drop down and then deliberately go look at things you want to find and take back control of your feed. Teach the algorithm what you want to see. There is, we do have some control over that stuff. I mean, I, I don't see the money videos you see. Yeah. But then it just doesn't interest me at all. I've never clicked on them, so I think that's why I don't see those. Is there
0: a way to reset? completely like you know how you can clear your your search yeah. history or clear your browser clear your cache. Yeah. Is, is there a way to reset the algorithm on these platforms i haven't looked into it so i don't know
1: i don't know I've ne- yeah i've never looked into it. it'd be interesting wouldn't it completely yeah. reset the algorithm yeah. i mean you can you can just view without uh signing into your account but then obviously it won't learn and attach that new algorithm to an account so right. you have to set up a new account i guess
0: well, in Instagram, wanted to teach it. At least it, I've looked at a few things. Unless you sign in, it limits. I think you can only look at three or five things before it says, "Okay, sign
1: in." Right, right, yeah.
0: You know, so I wonder if there is. I mean, wouldn't that be great? It, you can download all of your data. I know that it would be great if you could go look. Let me just start from zero and and retrain this thing because I think there's there's Maybe. so much history in this thing that that I'm I'm never going to get it. You know, it, it it's steering the Titanic. I'm I'm never going to move it enough to make much of a difference.
1: But I, I will say it it learns very fast because mm. they are desperate to keep you on platform. So if I look at two videos from a channel, my f- next time I open that French page is full of those videos. So I think I think it does correct very very fast because they're desperate. I mean, that their motivation is to go like he likes this at the moment. Let's throw him a bunch of this stuff. Yeah, and and you, it's why. It's why so many people who've subscribed to my channel never see it anymore because last week they were doing some DIY around the house and looking at woodworking channels. All they're going to see for the next while is woodworking channels. If they don't stop watching it, that's all they'll ever see and they'll never see the channels they're subscribed to. So it does change very quickly. That's interesting
0: because I see a lot of these course things and I've never clicked on one. So I, I'm not sure why. I mean, we'll I should try be seeing like movie and music and video game content. Basically, Try, try the drop down.
1: Try that drop down. Don't show me this video. So okay. next to it, you, you can just click and go, don't show me this video. Don't show me this content. Do that a few times. It'll learn. Um, and hopefully it'll just feed you the stuff that you're actually watching and that you're actually interested in. Yeah, uh, I, I think some of that stuff as well is just because they're reading your demographic. And they're going, oh, Jeffrey's a male in his 50s. He likes money. Do you know what I mean? So they just throw you money stuff. I think there's. it's not necessarily. He, he does like it, but you just can't figure out how to get it. Yeah, you can't it. get it. <laughs> you can't, you can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard it's out there. I, I, I know people
0: who have it. I just. It, it,
1: the idea know. is very interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's all theoretical. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you can retrain it. I, I Give it a go. Like the combination of just watching the stuff you want to watch, don't click on anything you don't want to watch. Stop clicking on your guilty pleasures that you regret watching afterwards and, and hit the drop downs to say, don't show me this if you really don't want to see it and see what it looks like in a week even. I bet you'd be different in a week.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I'm trying to to look at how I would, how I would begin again. I've got a few new projects, art projects, that I'm massively excited about um that are are getting back to some of the early experiments in in analog and digital techniques that i i started in 2008 2009 and then kind of got away from a little bit um and i'm i'm trying to figure out how those things want to get out into the world mm-hmm. um kind of building on some of the things that we've talked about before of using holding on to those smaller pieces as my own negatives in quotes And, and then if that's true, what can I do to, to make that final end product, um, and make it interesting, not just, and, and no disrespect to people who are doing sort of straight prints. That's great if you can do it. But I know a lot of people for whom, for whatever reason, prints don't work. They might sell books, they might sell, you know, presets, they might sell other things. But individual prints just don't work, and vice versa. I know other people who, and you know, some of the same people who they sell prints all day long, but books not so much. Any of the other stuff not so much. Um. So I'm trying to lean into even some of my interests, um, in terms of of how these things are going to look in the world. For example, I've started looking at these um these folding machines, so I can make my own gatefold album sleeves. Mhm. Um cuz so I looked into having them made and they're exorbitantly expensive for whatever reason. So I thought, okay, mm-hmm. I can make these. Each one can be unique. I can print them to order. Um and then the sleeve itself becomes this unique piece even though it's only a vehicle to carry the pieces that, you know, ostensibly that that you're buying. Um so I'm just thinking about these things in in different ways and trying to make The experience, because I know we've all watched unboxing videos and, and I'm a huge fan of great packaging Mm -hmm. and most unboxing videos are pretty boring because most packaging is pretty boring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about when we do get something that's packaged in a different way, or it's wrapped up in a different way, or, you know, the box has, is, is, is just interesting in, in terms of, of, uh, getting to the product, how much more enjoyable that is. So I'm trying to think about the experience around my work, not just the work itself. Does yeah. that
1: makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all part of it, isn't it? How you how you like engage with it. And I suppose also how you display it comes yeah. into it too. Yeah. Are you have, you have you have you sort of settled any
0: ideas? Not really. I mean, there there are a couple of things that I've been thinking about. Um these propaganda series uh the the Kennedy project that I want to do for next year, I'd like to offer sort of, you know, the what if what amounts to like standard and deluxe editions. Like the standard mm-hmm. edition is is six prints in a single album sleeve because I, I I love I don't know why, but the square format for my art it mm. really works for me, more yeah. so than than a four by three or a five by four. I really and I don't really dig square photographs as much. So I it's it's strange. I don't know what the what the difference is between the two, but I really like that square format and maybe it's because so much of my work I could see and others have commented you included that mm. it it looks like album art. Yeah. So why not lean into some of that and and That's great. release these, you know, release six of them in a single and if you get the full set of 12, then it's in a gatefold and you get an additional um, an additional print that's only available in the full set,
1: you know? I think it's great. That's really cool. I mean, we've, I think I've mentioned it before, like Simon, who I saw yesterday, Simon Baxter, the way, the way he packages prints, mm, mm-hmm. you know, cause he sells quite a few prints is, uh, is an experience to open, you know, the, the, the box comes in this nice Brown box. It's all woodland photography. Um, you've got your certificate inside of authenticity, which is sort of 3D stamped or whatever it's embossed with his uh, logo. And um, you get a letter from him inside, and it's all wrapped in, in lovely kind of paper, but it's got that brownie feel to match the woodland. And then the box is tied with with twine, but the twine has leaves interwoven in it. Obviously, not real leaves because they wouldn't survive. But so the whole thing feels woodland, you know? Yeah. It's not just the print in a in a cardboard envelope, it's, it's, it's an experience to open. And I, I absolutely think it adds to it. Yeah. I think, I think not for everyone,
0: certainly, but for those people that it, that it does click with, I think it can make all the difference. And, you know, there's science behind, you know, the anticipation of, of opening something and, and Mm -hmm. what that does to our brains. And, and I, I, I've always loved that, you know, I've always loved and taken my time with with mm-hmm. great packaging to get to the product because I I appreciate all that went into that you know I mm-hmm. I, I I thought uh, what a what a terrific conversation that would be to talk to somebody who's a packaging designer you know that yeah. that, that doesn't have anything to do with the product itself but their entire job is to wet your appetite before you even get to the product what a terrific yeah. job that
1: would be yeah absolutely yeah. I, th- I think it makes uh, it makes a much richer experience i mean we've we have talked about it like anytime I get cool packaging i'm i I'm a big headphones guy mm-hmm. I know you are too like that's if if I want to treat for myself it's often a new pair of headphones for some reason but I, I remember the headphones where the packaging was cool because that you know bringing it home and being excited and it's in this cool box and then bits pop out and you've got spare bits for your ears and but the way that it's laid out the 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 font on the box. All that stuff, like I find all that stuff really interesting. I think it, it absolutely adds to the experience.
0: Yeah, I always thought it'd be a really cool job, you know, because you don't yeah. have to you don't have to mess around with, you know, all the product side and and specs and getting it to work and like all of that kind of stuff. All which, you know, the industrial design of a product really interests me, but that's that almost feels more like packaging. Well, not almost. It does. It feels more like packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know i've got this pair of of kef m500 headphones that are basically the band and and the the frame surrounding the earcups is just machined from a piece of aluminum and then mm. it's got the leather little leather uh uh earcups and everything and it just it's a beautiful object yeah and i appreciate that part of it Equal to how they sound, and they fortunately they sound really good. I mean, it'd be it'd be a bummer if they sounded horrible, but fortunately they sound really, really good. And you know, like you, the packaging and they come in this little clamshell thing, and it's got the adapters Mm -hmm. and the and the little yeah, you know, all of that stuff. And and I can, you know, it takes me a few tries to get them back in. I'm sure it does you too to get them Mm -hmm. back in the way that they came because you're you're so excited to get them out that you don't really pay attention, and then you 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 have to put them back, and you're like shit. How does this go back together? Yeah, um, yeah, but then it makes it makes me reappreciate the design of of the packaging itself because I have to sit with it for a minute. I have to I have to sort of relearn and and kind of you know r- figure out how to put the thing back together. And I love that
1: about about products. Incoming uh, is going to be a uh, an episode on headphones on Jeffrey's upcoming YouTube channel for sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny
0: that you mentioned that. Um, there's a company called AI AI AI. Do oh, you know this? Okay. Do you know this company? No, I definitely would have remembered that. Um, AI AI AI. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if it, if you pronounce it I I I or if it's right. you know I don't know. Anyway, they make modular headphones, and you go uh. on. You you can buy them in in pre configured, you know, orientations, or you can say I want this headband. I want these drivers, I want these ear cups, I want this cable. Hmm. And you can mix and match and create your own uh, modular headphone system. And then when something breaks, you simply order that new part. You don't have to, you know, toss the entire headphone and buy a new set. You can just replace things modular. And, and they're beautiful. And Ooh, yeah,
1: I, they're, They look very nicely made. Don't they? Wow, I yeah. don't own any
0: of them, but man, they look amazing. I know people who have them and use them. Um, So I'd I'd love to reach out to them and go, look, I need to get a couple of these things under my belt. I need to get the pencil episode done and maybe one or two others that I can then send to people and go, look, I would love to do something like this for, for one of your products, because I really find your products interesting. Mm. So it's not, it's not a review per se. Mm -hmm. It's, what is it? It's an experience.
1: Well, I think what you're going to do really well is kind of what you just did with us now with, this, with these other uh, headphones, is you're going to talk us through why you appreciate these things. Because I think most people don't. I think we get things and we go, oh, that's cool. And we just start wearing them and carry on with our day. But you turn them over in your hand and look at them for a while and notice the details. and And I think it's always cool watching somebody else walk you through something it makes you appreciate those things more because yeah. of your attention to detail so like having you know someone like this or a company like this send you their stuff so you can you can gush over good design for 10 minutes in front of a camera helps everyone else appreciate the amount of work that went into making them that most people don't pay attention to right so i think yeah it's great it doesn't have to be a review because no. you're not necessarily going to be hyper technical and you know, I don't I know, know enough about, about to
0: headphones to be hyper technical. You know, I would I would focus more on materials and and I would do B roll of putting them together. You know, snapping the little the little cable mm-hmm. into the into the mm-hmm. driver and and that kind of thing. I, which you know I'm gonna have to call you and say how do, John, how do I film this? <laughs> 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 how, do I, how do I get this to do this? <laughs> But those are the kinds of things that I want to do, you know, slow motion page flips over some of my favorite books and talk about Mm -hmm. why they're important to me and what they led to, you Mm -hmm. know, I think that's more interesting than just, maybe not more interesting, maybe that's a bad choice of
1: words, but I think that's as interesting as here's this piece of work I made. I think it's honestly kind of what you were made to do. You do it all the time without the camera on, you know, it's like so many times when we talk, you'll be telling me about this new cool thing you found. And your your voice changes when you talk about it. Like the enthusiasm comes through straight away. Um, And I mean, I think I think that just is always a sign. I always say to people, like, your your, you know, when in in the meaning in the maker, talk about finding that sweet spot where that you know combining the thing that brings you deep joy and and pointing it at where the world is hungry. Um, Your deep joy is obvious. Like you get fired up by by great art and great design. That it really fires you up. Your whole your whole tone of voice changes everything, Um, and that's what everybody in the world wants to watch is someone who really cares about something. And that doesn't mean everyone else will care about it too, because some people don't care about good art and good design. But those who do will be looking for someone who tells them about the thing they love in more detail and with enthusiasm. Like that's there's nothing more attractive than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm watching th- these little videos they've got on this headphone site, for example, and it's showing, you know, the, 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 the ear cup snapping into the driver and the, and the cable snapping into the ear cup and the, and I'm like, Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> should I uh, give you a minute? <laughs> <laughs> That's really neato. <laughs> That's know. pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I
0: love things like that. And I, and I love. You know, I, I watched a video over the weekend, uh, you know, Adam Savage, right?
1: Yeah. From Tested yep.
0: Course. He th- there's a there's a prop uh movie memorabilia and prop auction going on on this UK site and I th- think it's just called it's prop store or prop site, something like that. I'll put a link in the show notes. Anyway, uh one of the items up for bid is did you ever see that first mummy movie with Brendan Fraser? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. Remember the Book of the Dead that big gold you know, big leaves that that ultimately that's what they read from to bring the mummy to life and then spoiler. Mm-hmm. And then read from again to yeah, I think it's old years. enough for yeah, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that that actual prop is in this auction, along with the uh the key, that little octagon shaped key that snapped open and then and oh, then, yeah, and it's the first time that both of those have been together because they were part of separate collections until uh, recently. And yeah. Adam was was just gushing over this book because the book is not a yes, they made lightweight versions and foam versions, but the 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 main version that they made was all out of cast bronze that had been gold leafed. So the thing he said it weighs like 10, 15 kilos, something like that. And and it's all functional. So they they made, they cast these, these beautiful hinge systems that that allowed these pages to flip and the the little the little latch that, that allowed the hinges to flip open, you know, the locks Mm -hmm. to flip open were spring loaded. And it was just like, I love his videos so much because he, we're the same in that he loves the details and the materials and, and the, the machinations of how things work. And he's, he's just a pro at communicating that and not just, not just the, the functionality, but communicating his excitement and enthusiasm about the thing that he's looking at it's not fake it's not, he's not mugging for the camera
1: no 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 i mean i i feel exactly the same like i love um anytime you've got musicians reacting to other musicians people who really know what they're talking about yeah. who sort of walk you through it i love yeah. I, just with this new um the rings of power series on amazon um, the Lord of the Rings thing. I've been watching through that, but then I go afterwards and go to this YouTube channel called Nerd of the Rings,
0: where this guy <laughs> Is talks really through. It's called
1: Nerd of the Rings, it's really called Nerd of the Rings, <laughs> and he he talks through like like his episode breakdowns and where it fits in with the law of Tolkien's world and all the stuff they don't tell you, whatever. And I'm like, you just love this stuff, which makes me kind of love this stuff because I, you know, I I'm like, oh yeah, I'll casually watch it, but listening to somebody who really knows about it. Yeah, and who who gets upset about some stuff, but really loves other stuff and gets really giddy about it. I'm like, oh yeah, you're way deeper in this than me. And I just love hearing people walk you into it like it's that. I don't have time to it? love everything. Yeah, yeah, but I can't love everything. I don't have time for it. So, so I get to cheat off somebody else's, you know, hard won knowledge and passion for a subject, and and kind of get to experience it at that level. Yeah, because they walk you in. It's 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 really cool. I think it's great.
0: There is a on that topic. There is a new. I saw it. I don't know where it popped up, but there's a new, apparently very lavishly illustrated version of the Cimmerillion coming out. The, oh, right. The, I've never read it. It's, it's a hard read. I mean, it was. A, a, I'll be
1: honest. Yeah. I'll be honest. I find Tolkien very hard to read anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really think it's a, a slog, uh, which is why I like watching people tell me what he said rather than having to read through it. Because everyone, it seems, I just seem to remember the Lord of the Rings that reading it, everyone seemed to burst into song for no reason every five minutes. I'm like, <laughs> Hey just fight. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. We don't have time to sing a song. <laughs> like, yeah. I haven't ridiculous. read it since high school, but I
0: remember it being, it, it's it's the backstory of all the language and, and Tolkien created languages. I mean, yes, they, they yeah. weren't just random sounds for the screen. He, he practiced the etymology of, yeah. you know, words and phrases and created these fictional languages. And you know, the Cimmerillion goes very, very deep into the lore of the worlds and the lore of the peoples, and and you know, so and so begat so and so, and begat so. Like it's, it's, it's hard to keep track of. I'll wait for the children's then. version <laughs> <laughs> right? The Cliff's Notes. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> they'll have Isn't like this an illustrated
0: novel. I can get.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll have an illustrated
0: kids' version at some point. I'll get that. <laughs>
1: What would be like the Lego equivalent of this? That's what I want. That's what I want. Because you'll you'll give you'll give me the main points and you'll give me pictures with it. I'm happy. <laughs> I can smash it in an afternoon and claim I read it. Oh my god, so great! That's have you read the Cimmerian? I have oh, actually yeah. just this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I smashed it in an afternoon. Yeah, cup of tea done. <laughs> done sorted. It's really good. It's yeah. really
0: good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. Yeah, they're very clever. There is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How, um, how off topic are you allowing yourself to get? I mean, Because I know we bounce around so much and I, I, I've never, obviously never seen you with other people. When you're doing these talks about the book, are you on target or is it more like this? Where you're just, you're just off in a different direction when, when, when something clicks.
1: What do you mean? When I'm doing? When you're doing your
0: talks around the book. Do you oh. let yourself stray?
1: No, no, I, I like speaking to groups. So this last weekend was the first one I did of of this run of talks. And it was, uh, I'm pretty prepared. Like I know where I'm going. I know exactly yeah. what I'm covering. I don't, I don't ramble. Um, It's it's always interesting in the Q&A at the end, what people come up with. That's where it's like, that's where it's open season. And yeah. it's nice to see where people take you. Um, I mean, you and I, I have talked about up.
0: maybe doing, you know, live events at some point. And I just, mm. the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's either going to be really amazing or people are going to go away going, What was what that? What was that? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she's. Middle aged, they have no idea what they were talking about. That's right. One minute, one minute they would talk about paintings, and then JFK came up somewhere, and then they were onto the Cimmerillion. Yeah. I, 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 headphones came in at some point. I'm not really sure why that I can't remember. I can't remember <laughs> exactly. I just,
0: yeah. yeah, I don't know. I yeah. think it would, and the thing is, we would have a great time. Oh, yeah, but I, I just, I. Uh, the horror of it would be to look out into the audience and, and see these see sort of blank, blank stares. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Checking their phones. That's right. Like, oh, sorry, I, it's the babysitter. I've got yeah, to go. I've got a thing. They just disappear. The
0: dog's on fire. I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you guys are great. Keep going. Without me. <laughs> Without me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dear.
0: Yeah. Have you, uh, have, you, have, you, have you watched any of the peripheral, by the way?
1: I've just uh, finished the second episode. Really good. I, d- I didn't expect a lot, honestly, but it's yeah. really good. I'm it? really
0: enjoying it. I'm. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge William Gibson fan. Um, right. But he doesn't have a great track record of of film adaptations.
1: Right. I I don't know him, and I didn't know the material. But uh, but just taking it at face value. Yeah. It's it's really really good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, I think the probably one of the most famous ones was Johnny Mnemonic with oh, Keanu okay. Reeves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah. it's the tech that they always seem to stumble over. And I, I love mm-hmm. the, way that they, the way that they present the future. Everything is not shiny and glossy and, and digital. because Except the roads. Yeah, right. <laughs> because that's not the way it would happen. I mean, yeah, in this yeah, country, yeah. We were, Adrian and I were talking, 40% of this country still doesn't have high-speed internet access. 10% mm-hmm. of the U.S. still doesn't have access to clean drinking water. Mm. but yet there are pockets that have 5g and you know 80 inch yeah. televisions and so the the way that they present technology and and the rollout of technology is really interesting to me
1: It's been really good and chloe grace moretz is is so good in it isn't she she's, she's fantastic really, really yeah yeah, yeah she's do, you know great. Sorry, sorry do you know what else sorry to switch you know what else i saw this week that i have to say was brilliant was it's on fx i think it's a, a series called under the banner of heaven never heard of it with with Andrew Garfield, it's basically about a murder that took place in the 80s. It's a true story in Salt Lake City and how it was tied in with the Mormons at the time and politics that was going on there. But it basically follows a sheriff who's a Mormon himself, which is uh, Andrew Garfield's character, and it becomes a huge conflict of faith series. Wow. But he is phenomenal in it. So good. I heard I heard an interview on Mark Maron where he was chatting, which is a really worthwhile interview to listen to as well. Because his mom passed away very recently. Oh, really? And I, I think everyone knows by now that Mark Maron's partner passed away very suddenly during the pandemic as well. Right, right. Um, and they're both dealing with grief, but a, a really moving episode by the end because they're both sort of sharing how tough things have been. And and I was like, wow, that's. I almost I listened to that episode going, wow, this 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 is a a guy who's younger than me, Andrew Garfield, but like just seems to be a very old soul and light years ahead of his, his maturity. Hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll give this, I'll give this series a shot because of that, which is, I suppose why you do interviews on podcasts. It worked for me. And then I watched this. I thought, wow. He is, he's actually, he's not Spider-Man. He's a phenomenal, well, he is as well, but he's, he's a phenomenal actor. He's really, really good. Well I will check that watch. out. Is it yeah. a one and done or
0: is it, is it a yeah, multi? One and done. Yeah. Okay.
1: Se- seven episodes and out. Yeah. It's a mini series.
0: Very, and it's on. Good.
1: It's on FX. FX. Uh, you can get out through Disney Plus as well. It's on Disney Plus. Is where okay. I watched it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll put a link really, in the show notes. Good. Yeah.
0: Do you like self-contained one and duns, or do you prefer multi-seasonal stories? Typically.
1: As long as there's always another one for me to watch, I prefer one and duns. Yeah. Because I like to, I like new stories. You know, I like that everything I get into is like, oh, I haven't been in this world with these characters before. Uh, otherwise, it can feel a bit repetitive when you're six seasons into something. Um, that unless the writing's amazing, they do run out of ideas and start repeating. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I always prefer the kind of one and done stuff. It's just they come around, the really good ones don't seem to come around very often. So you've really got to find them and then stack them up. So you've always got something to watch. But yeah, I, I, Prefer? How about you? It, same. I, it, and it feels like the U.S.
0: is finally learning from the U.K. Because I, I feel like the U.K. British television—we've we, been trying for three hundred years. jeffrey right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys have always been better about not just the the, the number of seasons in something, uh, but the number of episodes per season. You, you're you're mm. really masters at at leaving us wanting more. You know, and whether we're talking like recent memory, it's series like luther or sherlock Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. an entire season is only six
1: episodes well the office is the classic one that everyone references gervais's office versus the u.s office yeah which was three seasons six episodes and a christmas special so 18 19 episodes total and i think that the first season of the office in the u.s was way more than that
0: yeah well i mean as a kid i remember a season gosh i may be getting the number wrong but i think a season was 23 episodes
1: yeah i mean it was always with like friends or something it was always 24 wasn't it 24 episodes 10 seasons 240 episodes it's just a massive amount and and that's a lot of pressure on writers huge pressure on huge pressures on actors to try and keep that fresh as well it's just it's got to be so much pressure I, i i for me gervais is the is the best example of this because he's always putting out a new series or working on a new series but he has this idea of it's going to be it's going to be two or three seasons maximum, six episodes a season, and I'm done with it. And then I'm on to the next thing. But I am writing the next thing as I'm finishing off the last thing, so there will be another thing coming. But it will be new, it will be different, and I I really respect that because it keeps it fresh. I have my favorites of his seasons. I love extras. I think it's one of the best things he's yep. ever done. Yep. Think it it's absolutely brilliant. I love Derek. I've got such a soft spot for Derek. Um this afterlife series was great for the first couple, but I like that I can do that. I'm not like, you know, um, seasons four through seven of friends were my favorite, but eight wasn't as, you know, and like, by the time I got to episode 279, you know, like it's just too, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, this yeah. is like, I can, I can, I can watch a whole season in a weekend yeah. of his stuff. And it's, it's a complete package, which I like, you know,
0: yeah, I, I I like that too. And again, I think I think we've, we have finally, and maybe it's not entirely to do with the UK, but it's streaming and all that kind of thing, that, and it's cost. But I think we've finally learned that you can tell a complete story in six or eight or 10 episodes and you don't have to have 24, whatever it is. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and again, pointing back to Sherlock and, oh, Stephen Moffat did another, Jekyll, I really enjoyed that too. Did you ever see that? mm uh, no, I don't think so. The modern retelling of the Jekyll and Hyde story, and it was uh, I think it was six episodes maybe. Um, right uh, but it was it was terrific, and again, it's it, it doesn't have to be I get lost in in slogging through you know dozens of episodes in a in a season, especially with so much choice of, yeah. of things to watch. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I would prefer a tighter story
1: right yeah i i am I'm, I'm the same i I just feel like you know we can tell an effective story in a in a in an hour and a half film, right so why can't we tell an effective story in six one hour episodes? We should be able to, and we can like it's i mean i mean the Scandi dramas show that you know they they that whole genre of series i think really changed stuff for people as well you can you can tell an effective story start to finish. What is it? Uh, any any kind of Scandinavian drama? Oh, you know? okay. The kind of the <laughs> kind like of a, crime dramas a, a you have what? coming out of Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scandy yeah. Scandy Scandi dramas. <laughs> um, it's like I, IKEA the TV. I don't know your lingo, TV. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that they, they really changed the game as well because I think whereas that longer sort of format of I don't know I'm trying to think like you know. Miami Vice, Tropical Heat, you know, all this kind of stuff where it's like the same character solving crimes, the same week, week in, week out, you know, television series stuff. Um, this was like, no, we're going to tell one story and, and we'll be gone. You know, is is uh, I, I like it. I, I like that. And the next time it's different people and it's different creators and it's a different story, it's a different location. I, I want you to take me somewhere different every time. It's It's why I prefer... A, a, a new story rather than a than a serialized or or the franchise kind of film stuff as well. Like right. I, I, I love Chris Nolan's stuff for that. That every time he brings something out, sometimes it's hit, sometimes it's miss. You know, I I, I didn't really get tenet, I'll be honest. Yeah, I that was love, a tough one for me. I love Interstellar. I love the prestige. Mm-hmm. In, um Inception's great. Like each of those are new places, new characters, new times. They're not we're not gonna do Inception two, you know? Right. It's it's not ha it's not on the cards, and I'm grateful it's not. Tell me a new story, I want I, because you have that brain, and you, you won't connect with me every time. That's okay, because how could you? You know that's not possible. But I respect that every time you're trying to come up with a new idea, a new premise, and that that moves storytelling forward. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, those those directors that are very clear about I don't want to do franchise films. I don't want to do you know I don't want to create an IP that's going to live on for decades. I just want to do, I want to tell you this story and then I'm going to move on to something else. I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. Although, when was
1: the last time we had a new, a new, because it was interesting to listen to this Andrew Garfield interview, because he was talking about doing Spider-Man and why he did it. And at the time he was reading Joseph Campbell stuff and Joseph Campbell's obviously the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, he's writing, you know, hero with a thousand faces, that kind of thing. And he said, the reason he decided to do Spider-Man and I'm I'm sure it was also the money for the cynics among you was <laughs> yeah. was cue because... the cue the dump truck full of cash backing exactly up. Beep. yeah yeah
0: beep, beep, beep.
1: <laughs> Mr. Garfield your cash is here <laughs> <laughs> thank you I'm sure there's that but uh, but he said like he realised that that those those hero stories that we tell give hope to young people especially especially. Um, if you're you're in school and you're being bullied, the story of Spider Man makes you feel like maybe you have a place in this world and you have agency and that you can do something good, mm-hmm. um, even though you feel downtrodden and the rest of it. And that's where that story came from. But that story was what chalked up in the forties or the fifties, right? Something like that. So where's the new ones? Why are we why are we telling the same? The same myth that we've told for almost 100 years, again and again and again, instead of writing our own mythologies that fit our time and place, instead of adapting the old ones, there's nothing wrong with either. I mean, you can choose whichever you like. I mean, some stories are worth telling over and over again. But every year? Do we need a new Spider-Man every year? Or should somebody rewriting our generation's myth story or hero's journey so that it feels fresher? and is better able to connect instead of just updating the old ones. I I I really respect those who choose to try and come up with the new one. That's more interesting to me. It's braver.
0: But aren't they just aren't they all at some point, I mean even Campbell. Campbell said there were well, there are seven seven basic stories, seven basic plots and we're just reskinning yeah, the, them again and again.
1: But the point is that those plots should be reskinned in a way that it's it's the 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 moral of the story and the trajectory of the story is there because his idea was, I've gone around the world and I've collected stories that loads of different cultures tell throughout history without having compared notes. Right. So his theory is like, this it must be. Then the commonalities between those stories, because they couldn't have compared notes, is what we intuit collectively about what human life is like what the trajectory of our stories are, what it means to be a good human being. So I don't mind that you keep feeding that back into stories because that is the one story we need to keep telling ourselves and have been since the dawn of our own intelligence and self-awareness. That's all good stuff. But the skin on top matters. Like, because we're not changing the skin at all. We're just tweaking the details. I feel like every film you watch has the hero's journey in it somewhere. Mm. So instead, instead of like, like it's the it's the difference between watching watching Interstellar and watching Captain America 4 I I I I can find the hero's journey in both of them but it matters to me that you tried to tell a new story with that paradigm not repackage the old story Do you know what I mean? Because I do for me
0: and and yet each of us are suckers for Bond films
1: we are, but I know what I'm going into. I'll watch a Marvel film, mm. but it is it is entertainment at that point. And, um, it, it, I, I, but it's not going to probably leave me thinking as much because you haven't challenged me with a new story and with a new paradigm or with new questions, even though you might be running that same hero's journey through it. So I, I, I the ones that will make me think are the ones that are those new stories. Like one of the last films that really affected me, and this was a while ago now, was the Revenant? Oh yeah, sure. Which sure, sure, sure. Which yeah. is which is that? It is pure hero's journey. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not even it's not even trying to be clever with it. No, but it's a story I hadn't heard before. I I know it exists in history, but I I wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, it stuck with me far more than going and watching the same hero's journey in an Iron Man movie, because I I could feel who this person was. That they were a real figure definitely helped. The 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 time and place they existed, their particular challenges, what they had to overcome, father son relationships, forget about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like the the, the don't e- all don't that even, kind don't of don't even try. Don't to, even yeah. touch that nerve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very sensitive. <laughs> like, all that stuff, and I'm like, okay, that that affects me. Yeah. Even though it's still just the hero's journey, far more than if you repackage. Yet another Superman movie and tell me the hero's journey.
0: Subscribe in your favorite podcast app and support the show by leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen or by sharing the episode on social media. Connect with Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Tuck, that's S E A N T U C K, on his website at SeanTucker.photography or by searching for Sean Tucker on YouTube. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeffrey Sedoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. And you can connect with both of us by sending an email or a voice message to deepnatter at gmail.com. As always, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And we hope you'll come back for the next one.